1929 and into the 1930s, the unemployment crisis of the Great Depression unfolded over a period of four years. In 2008 to 2009, during the Great Recession, the job losses played out over a period of months. Today's economic crisis is summed up by the fact that 22 million jobs were lost in just four weeks, wiping out the net gains of the last 10 years. As of today, it's 26.5 million jobs lost in only five weeks. This hemorrhaging of workers has been telescoped into just over a month, and this is having a profound effect on the consciousness of the working class. America will never be a socialist country. Attitudes are changing towards socialism. We believe the only solution is the establishment of a workers' government on a socialist program. Welcome to this week's episode of the Socialist Revolution podcast. My name is John Peterson. I'm the editor of Socialist Revolution magazine. You can check us out at socialistrevolution.org. Each week on our podcast, we feature contributions and discussions on current events, history, and theory from a Marxist class struggle perspective, featuring revolutionary socialists from around the country and around the world. Now, the impact of the converging health, economic, political, and social crisis has been devastating for the working class. As an example, in New York, the state's unemployment center handles 50,000 calls in a typical week. A couple weeks ago, it received 8.2 million calls in just one week. And yet, the national unemployment rate is still being reported officially by the federal government at the March level of 4.4%. Now, the Federal Reserve predicts it's going to hit at least 17%, which is higher than at any time since the Great Depression. But realistically, when you count people that are underemployed or people who are no longer even counted as looking for work, it's probably going to be even more than double that. It's going to take years to recover to the pre-crisis levels. And remember, it took years to recover from the 2008-2009 crisis. Just to round out the picture, the Commerce Department has reported its steepest monthly drop in retail sales since record-keeping began nearly 30 years ago. And the Federal Reserve said that industrial production recorded its biggest decline since 1946. They predict a fall in U.S. GDP of at least 25%. Now, to deal with this situation, the government has come up with this stimulus plan or several stimulus plans. And really what it amounts to is billions of dollars handed out to the bosses, either directly or indirectly. Any money that's going to go to the uh, working class is going to just sit in their bank accounts momentarily before it gets paid off in rent or credit card bills or other kinds of debt. Uh, The small business loans are there to ensure that those small businesses pay their rent to the big banks and to the big landlords. Um, And so some people have called this the shock doctrine or disaster capitalism. And it's when the ruling class uses the disorientation of the masses to engineer a massive transfer of wealth. And this is going to be the biggest one we've ever seen in history. And ultimately, although people may be happy to get just a few dollars to to tide them through a couple of weeks of of this crisis, it's going to be paid for by the working class through austerity in the future when they suddenly realize that they shouldn't have such a big uh, deficit 
deficit or through inflation, which is the natural uh, course of things when you pump billions and trillions of dollars into the economy. And of course, at the same time as all of this, the billionaires have added a further $308 billion to their wealth. People like Jeff Bezos, whose profits are based on the labor of 750,000 workers, are even richer than ever, while many of his own workers are infected and even die from the virus. So we have to be absolutely clear, this is a capitalist crisis, not a Trump crisis, not a COVID-19 crisis. The idea now that total instability is the new normal is starting to sink in to the broader population. But we have to remember, this is only the beginning of the beginning of this process, these big transformations in consciousness, and ultimately in the working class beginning to fight back. And we're already seeing very encouraging signs of that. We've already seen over 100 wildcat strikes as workers defend their lives by withholding their labor to protest the dangerous working conditions. Demands like better protections, better wages, and union recognition are organically rising among the workers. So this week, we did something special with our regular Saturday Night Live stream. Uh, we premiered a new video featuring workers and comrades of the IMT from across the U.S. and from a wide range of sectors of the economy. In the video, these workers present a transitional program for the fight against COVID-19, a fight that can never be fully won within the bounds of capitalism. Because this isn't the only pandemic that we're going to face as a species. And of course, the depth of this crisis has been deeply exacerbated by the fact that we have private property over the means of production, that we have the nation state, that we have an economy driven by profits, not human needs. So these transitional demands, they flow from the objective needs of the working class, not what's possible or pragmatic or quote unquote reasonable within the limits of capitalism, because capitalism is not a reasonable system. What matters is what is objectively possible based on the wealth that the working class has already created. The problem isn't that there isn't enough food or personal protective equipment, but that there isn't a rational plan to make sure it gets to where it's needed. That's why they're dumping millions of gallons of milk and hoarding millions of N95 masks. Because remember, friends, capitalism is based on maximizing profits no matter what. Human needs come a distant second place. As revolutionary Marxists, we base ourselves on what is needed and what is possible, only that these things are not possible within capitalism. That's the small detail. So the aim, of course, is to raise workers' horizons to the need for an end to those artificial limits of capitalism through a socialist revolution. Now here we're going to play an audio clip of the video, but I really encourage you to check out the actual video on our website, on our Facebook page, or on YouTube. And after the clip, I'll go through the program in a little bit more detail. The devastation of this global pandemic is a product of capitalism. Millions of people around the world can see that this system puts profits before human lives. Only the working class, armed with a revolutionary socialist program, can put an end to this nightmare. So what does a socialist program look like? To start with, immediately double the wages of all essential workers that are on the front lines in the fight against COVID-19. Millions are being laid off. Our hospitals and emergency services are woefully understaffed. If we want to fight unemployment, then we need to quadruple our ranks. Let's train up millions more as quickly as possible. Guarantee safety protections and union recognition for all essential workers. We need a national minimum wage of $1,000 a week federally guaranteed for all workers, whether they're laid off, sick, or quarantined. 
If large companies claim they can't pay their workers, let's open up the books and see. If they really can't pay, then they should be nationalized under workers' control. Every workplace should be brought under worker control so we can suspend all non-essential productions and stop the spread of the disease. Wherever it's possible, we need to retool production towards essential services and healthcare needs. We can't rely on the bosses to keep us safe. Workers should form committees in every factory and workplace to oversee the health and safety conditions. If any essential workplace shuts down, lays workers off, or asks for a bailout, it should be nationalized and run under democratic workers' control. We need a rational plan of production to avoid disruptions to the supply chain of food, medical supplies, and other essentials. We need socialized healthcare, free at the point of service, put human lives before capitalist profits. Nationalize the entire health sector, medical equipment, pharmaceuticals, health insurance, hospital networks, and integrate them into a democratically administered public health provider. Nationalize all essential commercial spaces and convert those most suitable into hospitals and fever clinics as quickly as possible. For price controls on all essential items to be enforced by elected committees in working class neighborhoods. If anyone is cut, speculating on the needs of others, confiscate their goods, and distribute them to those in need. We need an indefinite ban on all evictions, immediately cancel all rent, utility bills, and mortgage payments. In Los Angeles alone, there are 60,000 people living on the street. We call to nationalize all vacant real estate around the country in order to provide housing for all who need it. No to xenophobia, protectionism, and the lie of national unity. The interests of workers and capitalists around the world are diametrically opposed. The working class can rely only on its own strength and class-independent organizations. We need to break with the two-party system and fight for a mass socialist party of the working class. We should all be helping to flatten the curve by keeping social distance. But at the same time, we demand that our basic needs be guaranteed. And we will not accept any limitation of our First Amendment rights in the name of the national emergency. Expropriate the major banks and corporations without compensation and write off all debts of working people. These ideas are supported by workers in workplaces across the country, from the front lines of this fight to the picket lines of the growing strike wave. If you agree with our program, join us in the fight for revolution. Help us build a force that can systematically carry these ideas into the labor movement and reach millions more. So that's the clip of the video. I really encourage you to watch the video itself on our website, on Facebook, or on YouTube. It's really quite moving to see these comrades, these workers from different sectors of the economy explaining the need for these things in their own words definitely encourage you to subscribe to our, our different pages and channels and to like and share if you like what you found in this video or any of our other videos or podcasts. Now, the U.S. section of the IMT has a full range of transitional demands in our main program. You can find that on our website or at the on the back uh, page, the inside of the back page of every printed issue of Socialist Revolution magazine. This mini program, this mini Socialist Revolutionary program to fight COVID-19 outlines the measures that a workers' government would implement to address the pandemic and free humanity from all the suffering imposed on the working class by the capitalist system. So if the working class actually had political power, 
Again, not the Democrats, not the Republicans, but if the working class had a government of, by, and for our class, things would be very, very different. Uh, to begin with, this pandemic would have been nipped in the bud the second we found out about it and quite probably would not have spread the way it did into the human population in the first place. So again, we have to be clear that the devastation of the coronavirus is a product of capitalism, a system that puts profits over the lives of people. So given the immediate impact on essential workers, we start by demanding that the wages of all essential workers be doubled. All those working on the front lines should have their wages doubled. If they have to be out there putting their literal lives at risk and the lives of their families and everyone they come into contact with, the very least the rest of society can do is to double their wages. But at the same time, it's not right that just a handful of people should have to face these risks and work those long hours. Uh, so we think we should quadruple their ranks and fight unemployment by training millions of people to help take up the strain. Uh, again, it doesn't make sense that labor is allocated so irrationally under the system. You have some people under normal times with two or three jobs and other people who can't even find one job. If we spread out the work in a rational way, everybody would have a quality job with very high wages and union protections, and everybody would have to work a lot less. So that's why we want guaranteed safety protections and union recognition as one way to make sure that the working conditions are safe for everybody. We also demand a federally guaranteed national minimum wage of $1,000 per week. This would include all laid-off workers, the sick, and the quarantined. Large companies, if they cry poverty and they say that they can't pay or they need loans, well, they should be forced to open their books. And if they really can't pay, and these really are essential companies, they should be nationalized, put under public ownership, and run under democratic workers' control. Now, workers' control is a really important uh, element here. Workers know how to run their workplaces in a way that the CEOs of companies absolutely do not. So we need workers' control to suspend all non-essential production. People in, that own these companies, they want to open their factories and their companies again in order to get maximum profits. If their competitors are out of action because of the crisis, they think that if they can get their goods to market, they will be able to reap the rewards by raising profits and so on. So they, they have an incentive to try to force workers to go back to work. That's why we think workers' control should suspend all non-essential production, and this could help dramatically stop the spread of the disease. Now, wherever possible, production should be retooled towards essential services and healthcare needs. We think that there should be workers' health and safety committees formed in every factory and every workplace to oversee these conditions and to implement all the necessary provisions. So not only union representation, but actual workers' control and these health and safety committees to make sure that there's hand-on control by the workers in their, in their workplaces. Now, any essential workplace that is closed or lays off workers or requests a public bailout, again, should be nationalized and run under democratic workers' control. If these companies can't be run in the interests of everyone on a private basis, and this pandemic, this crisis is showing that that's obviously the case, then they need to be brought under public ownership. We need a rational plan of production that ensures that there's no disruption in the supply chain of food, of medical supplies, and other essentials. Now, obviously, the crisis of the U.S. healthcare system is at the center of, of, of the scale of what we're living through. So we demand socialized healthcare free at the point of service. 
We think the entire health sector should be nationalized and integrated into a democratically administered public health provider. We should nationalize all essential commercial spaces and convert those most suitable into hospitals, into fever clinics as quickly as possible. Uh, the infrastructure to deal with this in a much better way than it has been dealt with so far does exist, but of course, the capitalists aren't going to do this because it threatens their property and their profit interests. So we think there should also be immediate price controls on all essential items, and these should be enforced by elected committees in working-class neighborhoods. You know, there's people that are that are speculating on the misery of others, and these people, these companies, should be immediately relieved of their goods, and they should be collectively distributed to those who really need them. Now, the question of housing is really becoming serious uh, these days, especially in the larger cities. And so we demand an immediate and indefinite moratorium on utilities, on rent, on mortgage payments, and on evictions. We think that mortgage loan rates should be dropped to zero. All existing mortgages should be dropped to zero. And we should renegotiate terms for working families. And we should nationalize any vacant homes and use them to put an end to homelessness and overcrowding. It's insane that homeless people are being asked to sleep in parking lots in places like Las Vegas when there's tens of thousands of empty homes and empty hotel rooms in uh, in cities like that. Now, different states, different countries, of course, they're, they're resorting to protectionism, to xenophobia, to nationalism, to regionalism, etc. So we say no to xenophobia, no to protectionism, and no to this lie of national unity. The interests of the workers of the world and of the capitalists are diametrically opposed, and the working class can rely only on its own strengths and own class-independent organizations. So when we say class independence, that also applies to politics. So we demand a break with the two-party system. We need a mass working-class socialist party and a workers' government. Now, the working class, we understand the need for social distancing. We want social distancing in the interest of public health. But we demand, again, that our basic needs be guaranteed, and we will not accept any limitation of our democratic rights in the name of the national emergency. We also think that all the debts of working people should be written off. We should expropriate the major banks and corporations without compensation. These people have profited plenty already, and they also should be administered under democratic workers' control and integrated into a socialist plan of production to meet the needs of society. So we need an international solution. There is no solution to this crisis within the limits of any country, not even a country as large and with as large an economy and population as the United States. We need a worldwide socialist federation and a worldwide planned economy. That is really the only way out of this crisis. That's it for this week's episode of the Socialist Revolution podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you liked what you heard here today, please subscribe, please like, please let people know about our podcast. And we invite you to donate to Socialist Revolution. We definitely need the resources to put on shows like this, to write articles for our paper, and to generally spread the word about the need 
for revolutionary Marxist ideas in the labor movement. If you'd like to subscribe to Socialist Revolution magazine, we actually have a new digital edition. It's free for all subscribers until we can start production of the print version once again, at which time you'll receive all the issues of your regular subscription. So check it out. You can subscribe at socialistrevolution.org. Or better yet, why don't you join us in the fight for socialism in our lifetime? To make the program we've talked about today a reality, we need thousands of people. We need millions of people ultimately to get on board with these ideas. So contact us at socialistrevolution.org. Have a great week and stay safe.